Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome one, welcome all to a very special edition Blog of the Boys Roundtable. It is Sunday, January 29th, 2023, 9.35 p.m. Central Standard Time on the dot, which means we have to give a very special shout out to our BTBers that are staying up late to talk about the Dallas Cowboys and, of course, the Super Bowl because it has officially been set. This is live on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel. For those of you Night Owls with us, you can, of course, catch the rewatch at your own convenience on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel. Please do subscribe. We're on the road to 20,000 YouTube subscribers, so thank you to all of us who are hanging out with us and have been for some time. You can also listen to the show on the Blog of the Boys podcast network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Leave a rating, write a review. My name is RJ Ochoa, and joining me in clockwise order, we have four horsemen, four horse people, rather, because we're starting with the one and only Jess Navarez. Jess, what would you name your horse if you had one? Oh, that's a good one. I would name my horse, I'm going to go Taylor. I'm going to say Taylor, and nobody's surprised it's because I love Taylor Swift. So It would have to it's be a white fair. horse. I was going to say, it's only fair if it's a white horse, but, you know, mm-hmm. I digress. Uh, all right. Well said. Um, Danny Phantom, you have changed your background once again. The podcast audience cannot see that. This looks like uh, more of an urban or modern home, excuse me. Um, is that That's not the same Tahoe, you know, sort of soiree you've got going on, is it? It's the default that comes with this. Yeah. I, have, I had a messy desk, so I had to resort to this. Mm, okay. It looks like a resort, to be very clear. Ah. Uh, Tom, Tom Ryle, if you had to ride an animal, would it be a horse or would it be something else? Tom, you're muted, so I'm sure we're missing an yes, incredibly I appropriate there. answer. I was just, no, I was just repeating the question back to buy myself time. Uh, I don't know. How about a hippo just for weirdness? Mm. I mean, I feel like that's a pretty common thing, like in some parts of the world for people to ride hippos. Um, maybe hippogriffs. Um, the yeah. new Hogwarts Legacy game is coming out. I don't know if that's yeah. um, an option. Um, I don't know. Have you ever seen a hippo in the wild? <laughs> you really don't want to get on them. Yeah. Um, I don't know the like extent of knowledge that you're telling us here, Tom, but it sounds like you've seen some things. Uh, Kevin Wolf says, Tom and Danny, two of the best. So sorry to you and I, Jess, uh, for not getting uh, that particular shout out. Jess, of course, was here without all three of us uh, with Brandon, Laurie, and Tony Catalina on Friday because we got news. Was it Friday or Thursday? It was Thursday, actually, uh, when it was announced that Dan Quinn would be returning to the Dallas Cowboys for his third season as defensive coordinator. We, of course, are here uh, we'll talk about the Super Bowl. Who cares? Eagles, Chiefs. We're all obviously rooting for the uh, the artist formerly known as the Dallas Texans. Uh, but we're here uh, to discuss Jess Navarez, Kellen Moore not returning. We do have a video up here on the YouTube channel that people should go out and check uh, out when they have their own time. But we wanted to have a live show to kind of decompress uh, your thoughts. Kellen Moore spent four seasons as the Cowboys offensive coordinator, five on the staff as a whole. That first year as the quarterback's coach had some seasons that, you know, the offense was incredibly efficient, incredibly pronounced, uh, but obviously inconsistent over the last you know year specifically, uh, partly leading to the Cowboys outing against the 49ers a week ago today. So are you celebrating? Like, where's your lab? Are you as happy as uh, as Tom's hippo? I guess is maybe the question. To ask. <laughs> um, I look, I hate this part of the business because I always feel so awkward that somebody lost their job. I just feel like that's, that's mean, right? But in the sense of it was the right thing for the Cowboys to do, I'm happy that they are taking the correct steps that they needed to take because all, uh, second half of the season, I'll say I, I was really breaking things down. I would go back and watch film And there was just a lot of things with Kellen Moore that were too inconsistent. And I think when you have such a veteran experience with Dan Quinn on the defensive side of the ball, you need that veteran experience on the offensive side of the ball to really onset. You even have Bones Fossil uh, with your special teams unit there. So you need that veteran presence on your offense. And it was just showing the lack of inconsistencies um, and, and not to say he was all bad, right? I mean, he had one of the top scoring offenses in the league. It's not all bad and we wish him well, but I... I think it was the right move by the Cowboys front office. So I'm not celebrating because I think that's that's mean, 
but I'm also I I'm not in disagreement with their decision. Mean is also a song by Taylor Swift, just to kind of stay on brand with everything um, that you're talking about here. Um, Lax Lifters, I see your question, and I'm sorry. I know you're licking your wounds. Lax Lifters for our comment section is a 49ers fan. So we appreciate the Super Chat. We'll get there in just a moment. Uh, we obviously have to touch on this. Um, Jess, you said we wish Kellen Moore well. Uh, NFL Network reported that the Los Angeles Chargers had already reached out to him about a potential interview and that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are expected to have some interest. Obviously, they dismissed uh, Byron Leftwich, the Chargers dim dismissing Joe Lombardi after their poor showing in the wild card round of the playoffs. Tom AJ says, only headline I wanted to see after the end of the season, I drank a beer emoji talking about Kellen being fired. Uh, fired is not the verbiage the Cowboys use, Tom, but this is a firing. This is them saying, we don't want you. You were under contract. We could have had you. We're good. Yeah, and I think them saying that this was a mutual parting of the ways has all the validity of Mike McCarthy saying that Kellen Moore was his choice to begin with. Uh, this is kind of, I think, in a sense, Mike McCarthy is, is resting more and more control over his staff. Uh, I think this is a major step forward. Uh, it's going to be very intriguing to see Mike McCarthy return to play calling because if you look at his history at Green Bay prior to the season when uh, Aaron Rodgers got injured, he had some really good numbers historically. And I also see a possible addition by subtraction because I, I saw someone, I can't claim this as an original thought, but they said many times Kellen Moore seemed to be using his play calling and his scheme to force Dak into being a pocket passer. And I'm really excited to see if whoever the new offensive coordinator is going to be, plus Mike McCarthy, can really start to use Dak's mobility. He's, he's able to, to get yards with his legs. But he's also so good at throwing, whether rolling right or left, by moving the pocket around and stuff. And I think that is one of the things that was underutilized. And, you know, we can talk about some of the other things like no more running on first down when all you're getting is one yard in the future. Uh, Danny, quick question to address Laxlifters. Again, a Niners fan. Thank you for the super chat. Laxlifters says, "Yo, I hate when seasons ends with when seasons end with what ifs. But if Purdy was going to end up getting injured, it would be interesting to see how them boys would have done." Danny Phantom, just kind of quickly, do you think the Cowboys would have stood a chance today in the NFC Championship game in Philadelphia against an Eagles team that was kind of not flat offensively? I mean, they weren't asked to do much. Um, do, do you think Dallas would have was stood a better chance than the Purdyless Forty ers well, I mean, I think they would have stood a chance because whenever you have Dak Prescott as your quarterback, you uh, you stand a chance. And, uh, you know, it all depends on which which Dak we got. Um, but I honestly think it could have it, it could have been ugly, you know, because the Eagles look like they, they were really impressive. And I, I think that the way that they handled and granted San Francisco, you know, they were having issues with with party getting injured. And but um, you can see they were just they were the they were the better team. So. I don't know. I think it would have. It could have ended up being a, a, a more humiliating exit for the Cowboys to pay, if, if it would have been a game like Prescott had um, last time around. Well, along those lines, um, Tom, you mentioned uh, how a new offensive coordinator to get back to the Kellen Moore discussion. Um, Tom, you touched on how you know maybe a new OC. Granted, Mike McCarthy is expected to call the plays, but a new offensive mind, new offensive system, whatever the case may be, uh, maybe a benefit to Dak Prescott. But Jess, uh, I'm going to start with you here. Uh, because Danny just said, like, hey, you know, we don't know what Dak we would have gotten. And I hate that that is a, a fair question right now. So how much blame does Dak Prescott deserve here? Scott Linehan is out. Jason Garrett is out. Kellen Moore is out. The common denominator at this point in time, seven years in, is Dak Prescott. Soon enough, Zeke Elliott might be out. Amari Cooper out. Des Bryant out. Jason Witten out. Like, he is the mainstay. And we keep talking about how it's not enough. We all believe in Dak Prescott. But at some point, the blood has to be on his hands. Yeah, I don't think Dak goes without fault. I think when you have that many interceptions in a season, and again, we can go back, we can break down every single one, and they're not all his fault. So what does that tell me? That tell me that tells me that is in direct correlation with your offensive game plan and it not being a scheme that fits your offensive weapons, including Dak Prescott. So for me, when I look at everything, and yes, Dak has gone through his fair share of coaches at that point, but you also have to look at Kellen Moore really being the last lingering touch of the Jason Garrett era for this Cowboys team. And Mike McCarthy really putting his stamp on what this team is now is essentially 
you know, granted, we don't know what the Cowboys front office discussions look like, but giving full control for that Mike McCarthy era to completely take over. I feel like Kellen Moore was just the last piece of that. And it was confusing. It was a confusing scheme when the game plan would work. It was magnificent. It was great when the play calling was not predictable and you were using your tight ends and you were using the one-two punch with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. When the O-line play was great, everything would operate fair. But then where would that go the next week? It was just so inconsistent to where I feel like um, a lot of the strengths that you have on that offense were never played up. I mean, you had a Michael Gallup that nursed back to health and where was he? Was that a Michael Gallup choice? No, of course not. It's not any player's choice to be off the field. To me, that's a lack of a game plan from an offensive coordinator that it just comes from inexperience. To me, it just seemed like an inexperienced play caller. And um, I'm excited to see what Mike McCarthy can do. If that's really what's going to happen, I'm excited because he's had success. As soon as I heard this, I went back, I looked, all the Green Bay stats from the time Mike McCarthy was making the play calls, and it's really good, and it makes me feel uh, more positive going into this very long, very long offseason that we now have to endure. Um, just for context, Mike McCarthy was the play caller for the Green Bay Packers. For the majority of his time as the team's head coach, there was a stint in 2015 where Tom Clemens handled it. Um, we'll, of course, be talking about this storyline all offseason long, to your point, Jess. Brian, thank you for noting uh, in the comment section, thank you for the Super Chat specifically, uh, that Doug Nussmeyer is gone as well. That is true. The Cowboys now have eight staffers total, including Kellen Moore, that will not be back in 2023. Six contracts they chose not to renew. And, of course, the Moore and Nussmeyer news coming out today on Sunday specifically. Um, Danny, you have not been the biggest Mike McCarthy advocate. I think that's fair to say. Um, I, I do. I, I said this in the video that we put up earlier about this. I like this, and I think you'll agree, because this puts everything on Mike McCarthy. This is a critical year, 2023, for the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott included, specifically if they don't choose to extend him or restructure him in any way, shape, or form. And so I kind of like, you know, the McCarthy's going out Sinatra style. I mean, this is his way. Like, if the Cowboys were going to bring in Mike McCarthy and say, look, dude, you you made your way in the NFL. You, you kind of built your name off of offensive success. And we never got to see Mike McCarthy, the play caller, throughout the era that is his regime, however long that winds up being. That would have been a failure. I mean, that would have been like hiring Dan Quinn and not letting him, you know, control your defense. And so at the very least, we're going to get to see that. And, and whether or not they can sink or swim, is that not fair, Danny Phantom? Uh, sure, it's fair. But uh, honestly, I don't want to see it. I did see it. <laughs> I, I, I saw it, when it when he, in his final season in the Green Bay. And it, I didn't like it. And I think, you know, in, you know, talking about Kellen Moore, um, I think, you know, to speak to kind of what Jess said about the inconsistencies, I totally agree with her. You do, you can see the inconsistencies down the stretch. But when I hear her say that, what I'm hearing is Dak Prescott's inconsistencies. You know, I'm, I'm you know, I also watched the film, too. And and I feel like there are a lot of one thing I love about Kellen is he, he gives Dak opportunities. And I think if you look at the plays and watch them close and do the Kurt Warner, you know, study ball thing, you, you see those opportunities. And, and that's what really kind of upsets me about this decision is I feel like you're, we're taking that away. I don't think people realize just how easy he made the game for, for Dak Prescott. And so now we're not going to have that. And moving on to Mike McCarthy, I don't know what that's going to be like. Um, maybe it's better, but, but Kellen Moore, you know, whether people want to admit or not, was a very good play caller, and and the, and the off he has the the resume to show to to, to prove that too. So I think we're, sometimes change for the sake of change is not good. I think if you really you go back, I I will ask Cowboy fans to go back and watch the last couple seasons of McCarthy, and it was not fun to watch. And I mean, maybe you maybe people see it differently, but I feel like he puts too much on on his on Aaron Rodgers, and I feel like. He even tried to do this with Dak, where he was basically every presser. He's like, I want him to let it rip. I want him to do that. And I think I just don't want to get in a situation, especially if he picks somebody like Tolzien or somebody that's a no, like just going to be a stand there, really let McCarthy do it. I worry that it's going to be, he's just going to let it, let, put everything on his quarterback. There's going to be no, no creativity, no motion, no dress, no, no, no nothing to help Prescott off. And it, it makes me wor worry that we're actually going to be a worse offensive team. So that's my biggest fear. I'm with you, Danny. And Tom, you worded it this way in Slack. Like the grass is not always greener on the other side. And you said change for the sake of change. I think there had to be change. Like the the, the phrase I've been using is the water had to escape somewhere, Danny, right? Like the, the water that this, the dam of this season held up. 
Um, you, you could not just run it back, which is why I think we're seeing all the changes. To your point, they, they may be, you know, micromanaging to some degree, uh, but it kind of had to happen based on the way things went. Tom Vance Williams gives us a super chat. So thank you very much, Vance, and says it is very crucial that Mike McCarthy hires an outside offensive coordinator. Danny Rudd of Scott told you a moment ago, this offense was basically a mashup of McCarthy's last year in Green Bay in Linehan junk. We did see Tom Mike McCarthy year one, bringing all his pals, all, all his friends, all the good dudes. And then he moved on. He learned, he adjusted, he adapted Mike and all and everything with water under the bridge. That water just stayed under the bridge. It didn't go anywhere. Um, and, and even Kellen Moore though, was kind of a, a symptom of the old cowboy culture, right? Like he was our guy. He was our favorite player, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe it's time to, to look outside the box, Tom, bring in somebody who, I don't know, you haven't known. Maybe somebody who Dak Prescott didn't beat out for the job that he currently holds six years ago, seven years ago at this point. Yeah, and thank you for putting that particular uh, comment up for me because there is something in there that I saw somebody bring up. They did a screenshot from the 49ers game that showed the Cowboys uh, have four receivers go to the sticks, and all turn around to face Dak Prescott. That was a trademark of Scott Linehan that drove us insane. And I, I cannot understand how that play is still in the playbook. Uh, if, if the next offensive coordinator does nothing more than rip that out and go burn it in Jerry Jones's office so that we never see that play again. I think that is a step forward for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, it's also the, the, it was mentioned about Doug Nussmeyer being gone. They've also replaced Skip Pete, the running backs coach and Joe Phillip, the offensive line coach. Philbin. This is Philbin. I'm sorry. This is an, an overhaul of the offense, uh, which if you look at what the Cowboys did last year, it's the offense that needs the overhaul because uh, the, the defense, I don't think we've got too many complaints about them. Uh, they had kind of a, a lull, uh, say, in the second half of the season, but the defense is not the problem, and I'm very glad Dan Quinn is back. Yes, there's a risk with Kellen Moore uh, because you don't always know what else you've got coming. Uh, I think the best thing would be for McCarthy to get somebody in who is creative, who please believes in motion, who, who likes to move things around and come up with plays that help his quarterback and then give McCarthy the, 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 the play sheet to pick from and let's see how that will work. But, uh, yeah, this may be the, the, the final rooting out of some of the things that we've been complaining about about the offenses in Dallas kind of since the beginning of the Garrett era. I mean, if you think about it, the Garrett, you know, sort of, I don't know, fingerprints bleed all the way through to today, obviously with Scott Linehan kind of following and, and them working, you know, in parallel and then Kellen Moore becoming a part of things. I mean, we've been kind of on this ride since 2007, Tom. Um, is, is your point. Jess, Brian, thank you once again for the Super Chats. There's only 19 rushes against the Niners, 12 in the first half, 7 in the second half, 0 runs from Malik Davis after Pollard got hurt. We were never out of that game. Good defense, so run it outside with Davis. And Jess, I think the point here is, you know, Cowboys fans want to see something different. I, I hate to call things like predictable uh, just because like we don't know exactly what, what intentions are and things like that. Um, but Malik Davis at least the idea of him in the division around against San Francisco represents a deviation, right? This is a Cowboys team and a Cowboys offense that has liked to do things. They are very comfortable with uh, whether that's staffers they're comfortable with or Zeke, right? Like Zeke's the guy and we all love Zeke. Thank you for the good times. But like, the, you know, Tony Romo said it best. This is a meritocracy. And, you know, Zeke Elliott wasn't winning that meritocracy this year from an explosion or an efficiency standpoint. Yet he was the one kind of getting the bulk of action when Tony Pog got hurt at least a week ago. Yeah, I think what's interesting about Zeke, too, what a lot of people forget is he was playing injured this season again. I mean, this is the second year in a row this guy is still playing with an injury. I mean, he admitted even the week before the playoffs he was still wearing the brace uh, on his knee there. So, again, you're not seeing a full healthy uh, Zeke, which, again, could be a problem and – you know, it is what it is. It's not the same injury, but with the amount of physicality that he plays with and the workload that he has, especially when it comes to blocking, he's going to be getting chipped a lot. Guy's going to be getting 
you know, more and more prone for injury because that's just the nature of a running back position and how physical it really is. But, um, you know, what's interesting is with, with Malik Davis, I was surprised not to see him getting more action in that, in that last game. I mean, as soon as, uh, Tony Pollard went down, I figured we were going to see that one, two punch, uh, you know, just with Zeke and, and then Malik Davis, but it's going to be a very interesting off season. Keep in mind, Tony Pollard's still a free agent and things I think negotiation wise got a little more interesting for him with the injury that uh, he's now, you know, overcoming post-surgery. So I think that'll be an interesting conversation in the off season, but you know, I, I don't, I don't think Zeke is is worn down or uh, mm. you know not valuable anymore personally because again, like we said, the grass is not always greener. And I don't know, um, maybe maybe that's the hopeful Cowboys fan in me. And the Zeke the freak days are just they're not done for me. I think Zeke brings value, but but if I had to pick between Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott production wise, obviously you go with TP. It's just it's going to be a very interesting offseason to see what the running back situation looks like uh, come the start of next season. I don't think you're alone on um, on Team Zeke, so to speak, Jess, but um, but there's a lot of property available for rent, um, at least um, in the neck of the woods that you're hanging out is how I feel. Uh, Danny, Watsamata has given us a super chat, so thank you very much, Watsamata. says, do you think from here on out Mike McCarthy is calling all the shots on coaching moves without Jones's interference? Now, Danny, this is the Cowboys. It is Jerry Jones's team, so there is um, sort of like an understood level of involvement. We don't have to relitigate the last 30 years of the Jones dynasty, uh, so to speak, but does this not... Danny again suggests that that Mike McCarthy is kind of you know at least influencing things a little bit more and and again I know that you don't have a high level of faith in him but that is kind of nice right like like to see the coach have some you know level of sway I mean is that not fair to say in even the tiniest sort of sense yeah I mean it all depends on if your coach is doing good things I mean <laughs> I think that uh McCarthy yeah no obviously this is clear when we kind of even I think Tom and I even talked about this a couple of days ago it's like you know, I just sensed in the pressers, I can kind of sense that that McCarthy just really wasn't, you know, all in with with Kellen. And and so this isn't all too surprising. But, yeah, you you know what? Let McCarthy go down with the ship, you know, let him have his do it, run the team he wants to, the, you know, the way he wants to. I really think that, I mean, he's. To, to me, it's like you, you with the, whenever you're a head coach of the Cowboys, you don't ever have full control. It doesn't, I don't, I mean, unless you're a Parcells or a Jimmy Johnson, you're really, you're, there's always going to be a level of influence by, by uh, the Joneses. But I will say this, it's, I don't think it's in, happens with play calling. I do think it happens with personnel, like let's make sure Zeke is part of our team, even though he's averaging two yards per carry. Um, so I don't like those things at all. And to me, McCarthy is a very easy coach for the Joneses and since because they're able to to push their ideals across. So and honestly, I think that the closer that the Joneses get to to run an actual football stuff is the the worse the Cowboys get. So I just I don't see anything good coming from this. Tom, you have your hand raised. It is very polite of you. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say to add to Danny's point, any level of control the head coach has in Dallas is a season-to-season thing because the Joneses will snatch it back if they think they need to. They'll, you know, they can be negotiated in or, or convinced or just sometimes kind of forced into giving it up, but they can always reach out and pull that back. So, you know, McCarthy's going to have to do something with this or it's just going to, you know, go back to what to something we don't like. Um, okay, let's blitz through some of these comments. We have a lot of people here tonight, so um, seems like a lot of people like to stay up late on Sunday nights. I don't know what's going on in people's lives. Obviously, no Cowboys games to talk about, though. Uh, but so Shane Davis says, if McCarthy were to fail at play caller, there's no turning back. It would mean cleaning house. If he hires an outside offensive coordinator, it would be safer and possibly more impactful, in my opinion. Uh, just quickly, I want to focus on the first half of that. Um, if he fails at play calling, there's no turning back. That's a good thing. Again, I mean, I recognize that would lead to not a fun fall, but like we would have a definitive answer, right? Like, and that's that's my point is you you have to get that definitive answer one way or another. You have to learn beyond a shadow of a doubt that Mike McCarthy is or is not the guy. What would suck is if Mike McCarthy was dismissed and we never saw him call plays and then he wound up somewhere else and he was calling some elite offense. So we said, man, we had that in the building and let it walk. 
what I don't get is how people can be so quick to discredit discredit his play calling ability when he's been a coach for so long. Like he's probably been a coach longer than the amount of time Kellen Moore has been born and, and y'all are questioning him. I don't get that. I mean, the guy has experience. He has more experience than Kellen Moore ever had play calling. So again, at least give him a chance. If he fails it, there's no way, and maybe I should knock on wood before I say this, there's no way it can be any more inconsistent than what we saw be the Cowboys' downfall of this season. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm tired of the inconsistencies with the offense because this team had so much potential this season, and I am so, so tired of the offense being the downfall. And, and that's a weird switch because usually it's the defensive side of the ball. But Dan Quinn's back. I'm not worried about the defense. The offense, yeah, you're not going to get change unless you change it. and. Kellen needed to go. I'm sorry. Kellen needed to go. I would take Mike McCarthy's play calling, not having seen it in Dallas over Kellen Moore's just from an experience standpoint alone. I have a, a quick question. I'm going to ask each of you and you just get to answer it. No explanation. Um, and cause we got to get through some of these comments, but um, just, you kind of reminded me of something I wanted to write about everywhere you turn. It's like, this sucks. That sucks. McCarthy sucks. Kellen sucks. Dak sucks. Zeke is washed, whatever, blah, blah, blah. The Cowboys have won as many games as anybody in the NFL since McCarthy got here, except for the Kansas city chiefs who are in the super bowl. Once again, I mean, their offense has been among the very best as far as efficiency and all sorts of different metrics prove, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So like, Something has to be elite, right? Like, like it can't just be like everybody sucks. So, like, what what is the bedrock of that? And again, I just want your answer, Tom. What is the the one thing that you would bet on the most that is associated with the Dallas Cowboys? I'd say Dak Prescott. You talked about how he's the common denominator. Well, he's the common denominator in all of that, and we've seen a lot of parts of the offense that don't seem to be giving him a lot of help because they're not putting the right resources in it. Okay, so your answer is Dak, Danny Phantom. Would it be Dak or something else? Uh, Will McClay. Okay, so Will McClay. No offense to Will, but like not necessarily playing on Sundays, but that's a good answer. Uh, Jess, what is your answer if it's not Dak or Will McClay? I mean, I have to go with Mike McCarthy. Like he's your head coach now. He's he's your he's your bedrock. And and if Jerry Jones is going to stay true to what he told Mike McCarthy, and Mike McCarthy told us in that press conference, he's going to be here for a while. I mean, we lived through the Jason Garrett era for a while personally i don't see mike mccarthy leaving anytime soon so for right now as long as he is your head coach he's your bedrock because he sets the standard he sets the culture and that is what it is whether we like it or not mm. okay so vance williams i like this says zeke is truly the last remnant of garrett that's an interesting way to put that i hadn't quite thought of it that way um you could argue that dak is um, in that sense too but uh loco texas says zeke is done um so you know a lot of actually really anti-z comments here um so <laughs> which is kind of uh aj actually says jess quit living in the past zeke looks like an 86 year old running back so 85 still spry uh but 86 um is i would where, love um, to see an 86 year old running back like can i just say that'd be very impressive uh danny quickly Astro Joe says, what role should a new offensive coordinator have in picking personnel? My answer would be none, because, again, you're supposed to, like, live and sing the Mike McCarthy song here in 2023. Yes, none. Okay. I, I don't know if that's sarcastic or not. Like, again, it's kind no, of it thing. is. Okay. But I would I would like, since we they didn't stick to one word, I, I wanted to say my reasoning Ooh. was I want to say McClay. If you look at the – he's the only guy, if you want consistency, he's the only guy that's doing his job successful – year in and year out. McCarthy was terrible in 2020, and he was terrible the last couple of years when he got fired in Green Bay. Dak was not playing well this year. So if you're going to look at, you know, the one thing that the Cowboys can depend on, and it's that their ability to, to build a roster and bring in good players year in and year out. And I think the other, everything else is wild cards. McCarthy may, he may be the guy. Maybe he brings the right guy. Maybe he's better. I don't know. Honestly, it's going to fall on the arms of Prescott. The Cowboys go nowhere without a good Dak Prescott. So uh, I don't know. I just think that I think we're we're just we're entering dark waters, RJ. I think this is going to be a really interesting. I hope I hope interesting is the right word. I think it's going to be a very interesting year for the Cowboys to see where they go because it could be end up one of those pushing the reset buttons. You know, come 2024. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey. 
instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I would just offer just to push back and we'll talk about this as we get closer to the draft, obviously. Like I love Will McClay. Like I'm I'm the same way I love McCarthy or Dak, whatever, but like like them, he has his flaws. I mean, we sat here for most of the season and lamented about two day two picks from a year ago and how they weren't helping the team and Kelvin Joseph and Deshaun Wright. You know, Jalen Tolbert this year, and that's not to say they can't become contributors to the Cowboys in the future, but like, you know, we can't just be like, Well, he hit on Talia Smith, so boom, like, you know, check out the rest of the draft. Like, those are those are impactful things. Um, let's see here. Alex Chavez, thank you for the super chat. Says, unfortunately, I'm with why is it unfortunate to agree with RJ? That's not unlike the presentation there. Uh, unfortunately, I'm with RJ. I think Kellen Moore set us up for success, but unlike RJ, I think Dak may be what held us back. We will soon find out. I don't think Kellen Moore set anybody up for success, Tom. I think he orchestrated it. I think I think Kellen Moore is like a like a symphony um, conductor or whatever. Uh, what, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, the guy with the stick. You know what I'm talking about? Um, is conductor the right word? Yeah, it's Some, a conductor. The guy in front that waves his oh, hand around. Thank you, thank you, Tom. Um, so the, like, maestro, the maestro. Thank you, uh, Danny. Uh, you know the. Uh, the, the the so band director. So uh, so, but like my point is Kellen Moore is not the dude like, you know, playing uh, the trumpet or the clarinet or the saxophone or the, you know, I don't know, the snare drum. But like he is a part of the overall sequence, Tom. Like I'm not trying to take away from him, but like he's not on the field. Like and again, I'm not trying to diminish the, the value of coaching, but like he is a reason, but he's not, you know, a main reason in my mind. Yeah. Uh, his job is to kind of put it together And I love the phrase, putting his players in a position to succeed. Uh, That's, you know, that's his job. Uh, McClay and his people, their job is to get the right players. And the interaction is that the coaches tell the scouts, okay, here's what I need to make my offense or my defense work. I need this kind of player that fits this kind of profile. And they have to kind of put it all together. Uh, oddly enough, it's so much easier to change out your coaches than it is your players. You know, you have contract limitations, you have dead money implications. Uh, you know, you, it, you can't just go out and money whip players to come in. You have a limited opportunity to do that in free agency, but you've got to rely on the draft and, you know, you only get so many shots at that. So it, it's really important important that the coaches figure out how to use the players and if they fail to do it then yeah sometimes the team doesn't have much choice but okay we're gonna have to try something different um okay tom so alex chavez thank you for the super chat i don't know the point of this but again thank you for the contribution says who do you hire behind him kurt warner or romo um they are both undrafted free agent quarterbacks who had incredible careers in the NFL. That's really the extent of what I can offer on that subject. Um, okay. I want to take us into this direction. Jess, AJ set us up. So there's a reason Quinn came back next head coach. Just saying now getting to our next super chat here, as I scroll down Vance, thank you. Once again, says, can we talk about the elephant in the room is the front offense letting Mike McCarthy screw up this season to fire him and elevate Dan Quinn. Jess, we've all heard the Sean Payton thing, blah, blah, blah. We survived. Give us buttons or stickers that say, I survived the Sean Payton rumors of 2022. They may once again live here in 2023, but that is a battle for another day. But the Dan Quinn thing, we all love Dan Quinn, but this is an elephant in the room. Dan Quinn didn't 
turned down head coaching opportunities two year in a row just out of the kindness of his heart. Right. We can believe that, you know, he has, you know, quite the aortic pump, uh, but that, you know, there's some selfish motivations as there are for anybody involved in this business. And it is definitely possible just that Dan Quinn views that Mike McCarthy could be out in 2024 and he could inherit this team in this situation and this defense and stay with Micah Parsons forever and ever. Do you put any sort of life into that conspiracy theory, Jess? You know, I love me a good conspiracy theory, but I really think it's an elephant in the room for the outside world, outside of the star. Uh, we've heard them talking about this situation last season when, you know, uh, those conversations happen between Mike and Dan and and the good relationship they have and the good rapport they have. Sure, if the opportunity popped up, you know that's your guy. If something happens with Mike McCarthy, I, I don't even think it's a question that we know that would be the next best opportunity. But do I think that... Anybody should coaching job? No, that's so ridiculous. I like Mike McCarthy has led this team to successful seasons back to back. Given 2020, yes, total fluke, but also you had your COVID year. How can any head coach for the start of their their uh, you know reign in Dallas be successful with the COVID year and all those restrictions? The way Mike McCarthy interacts with these guys in person is just so inter- it's yeah, I can I can just see why it didn't work COVID year. But of course Dan Quinn would be your next head coach if, if something happened to McCarthy. But I don't think like anything's being set up so Mike McCarthy can be in his final year. Again, you're talking about a guy that Jerry Jones obviously has value for in these conversations because he he talked about how him and Jerry can have these tough conversations. To me, I don't ever remember hearing Jason Garrett talking like that. And I don't remember those kind of conversations or things being said with Jason Garrett and look how long he stuck around. So again, I don't think the Mike McCarthy era is going to be cut short to three or four years. I really think we are in it for a pretty long haul with Mike McCarthy. And if that doesn't work out, yeah, Dan Quinn, you're the next guy up if you're still around. But I also would like to point out the other vacancies that are now open within this Cowboys coaching position. You have your, uh, what is it, your assistant head coach vacancy open? I would keep my eye on that. If you want to talk about Dan Quinn moving around, potentially, I would keep my eye on that. I think that's pretty interesting. Dan Quinn's, excuse me, uh, Jess is talking about a a bonus for Dan Quinn, an up in salary, add a new wing to the Quinn Manor, uh, Jess Navarez is trying to do. Uh, Tom, I want to bring this one to you. Brian, thank you for the Super Chats. As Jerry mentioned that a lot was on the line based on the results of next year. He's giving Mike McCarthy one last shot, and Mike McCarthy is betting big on himself. I like it. Tom, do you you feel, I mean, I asked Danny this earlier, but do you feel like Mike is saying, look, I mean, if if I'm going to go down, right, like, because it's unlikely he would get a third opportunity to coach in the NFL. It's just a rare thing, even if you do have a Super Bowl ring. So if I'm going to go down, I do want a Sinatra style it my way. Like, I don't want to go down at the hands of, of little Kellen Moore, who's been a coach in the NFL for five years, right? Like, is there is something respectable to that, even if it tanks and fails. Like, Mike McCarthy is at least wanting to, to live and die with his sleeves rolled up and him in, you know, in the salt grinders or mills or whatever. Yeah. And it, it also was just kind of like, Mike McCarthy saying, okay, Jerry, we kind of did it your way. Now we're going to do it my way. Mm, uh, wow. Changing know. the verses to Frank's song. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and I I just, I, it makes sense to me. If, if I were a head coach and I thought I was a better play caller than the guy who's calling the plays, yeah, I'd be snatching that sheet out of his hand. Uh, it just, there's a lot of ego in this position. You have to really think something of yourself if you are an NFL head coach. Even if you're not a good one, you've got to have a lot of ego about just being in that position. Hmm. Uh, Danny, Watsamata has offered us a super chat. Says, I think we need a Dak whisperer for quarterback coach dedicated to technique and decision-making and only one voice in his ear. Similarly, Anthony Gonzalez was nice enough to offer a super chat and says, just logged in TLDR, bring in Kitna. TLDR for the older crowd, too long, didn't read. Um, Danny, we're going to bring up two points here. This is one of them. John Kitna returning is like, there, there are two bits of catnip you can throw out into Cowboys Twitter and, and they will go off like crazy with retweets. Bring John Kitna back as one of them. Do you want to see that happen in any way, shape, or form? No, they had a Doc whisper and, and they let him go. So, so that was just simple. Like, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't want kit, I don't want Kitna. That's what Kitnip was the phrase, not Kitna. You're getting confused yourself now. Uh, the other one, Danny, um, was uh, 
Bijan Robinson, that's been the name du jour over the last few days because Mel Kuyper mocked him to the Dallas Cowboys. That has dominated our comment section. Cowboys draft him 26, blah, blah, blah. Bijan, Bijan, Bijan. Uh, I'm a Texas A&M Aggie myself, so I'll be accused like Tom uh, being biased in that sense. Danny, should the Cowboys spend their first round pick on a running back? Why or why not? So I'll get to that in a minute, RJ. I, I just wanted to, I don't, I wanted to touch on something. Um, you know, I think we're, we're assuming that the, it's the Cowboys decision to move on from Kellen. I don't think we know exactly what happened. And it's very possible that they had a conversation and there was some discussion about the power of the play calling and it might've not sat well with, with Kellen. And if Kellen, um, finds himself in a situation where he's having to relinquish some of his responsibilities and he has an opportunity to go to a team like, say, the Chargers, um, it could be very well that Kellen is is making this decision himself. So, I mean, That's I just want, I want to throw that out there, too. But um, also, too, just about the conspiracy thing. with I, I do think this would be McCar- one and done for McCarthy. I think it – you know, and I do think Quinn is going is lined up to be the next head coach. And, and you're right. It's like let's just give him – all of his um, opportunities, do what he do what he can, see if he has it. I think the Joneses have this belief that he he did it, you know, a decade ago or so that he has it in him, and um, the game hasn't passed him up. There are a lot of things that McCarthy does well, and I don't want to just beat beat down on him. But anyway, uh, no, uh, the first round pick when you're picking 26, 20, you know, I, it could be anyone. I, I'm not going to roll out a running back. Uh, you take the best player. It, it depends on on you know who's boring. There, so. It's too reasonable, Jess. Running back at 26. Yes, sir. Outrage. Outrage. So, but what if Zeke is gone and Pollard's gone? Well, I would, I, mm, okay. If, if that's, is that the, is that the situation? Because if that's the situation. I, yeah, I said it. I mean, that's like, I literally just said it. So, yeah. I mean, you didn't set that up before though. So I'm just clarifying RJ. Um, okay. Yeah. If that's the situation, sure. Running back at 26, I'll take it. If it's not the situation, you have one, at least one of them. No. Tom, hullabaloo to you. Um, Bijan Robinson at 26, whether or not Zeke or Pollard are on the team, what hypothetical is worth it to you if there's one? Never draft a running back before day three, period. Do you think though, Tom, because that's a fair thing to say, do you think that we are molded in that? because of what has happened like like maybe we've gone too far you know what i'm saying like like maybe we are too jaded and too biased against the like th- there are many examples of, of second or third round you know day two picks uh helping at the running back position immediately and there being a legitimate return on investment there you know the fourth overall pick is not you know likely to yield a, a return on investment worth it over the course of that rookie contract but you could find that on day two yeah i, I just feel that the the contributions of the running backs is more dependent upon the offensive line and the scheme and the play calling. Uh, and I, I just don't think that the, uh, the incremental difference you get from the running back, whether it's day one, day two, or day three, justifies the result in the production. I mean, you get a day one running back and uh, he averages five yards a carry. You get a day Two running back, he may average 4.2 yards a carry. It's just, to me, I think that for with modern NFL offenses, you should put your resources in harder to obtain talents. You know, and like this year, I'm looking at wide receiver, I'm looking at offensive line. Uh, you know, I'm thinking looking at cornerback, and I just don't see investing that much in a running back. Uh, because I think they need to figure out how to make Dak work, not the running back position. Okay, let's pivot for a moment here. Uh, we are speaking on Sunday, January 29th, after the conference championship game. Super Bowl 57 is set. The Kansas City Chiefs are the visiting team uh, against the home team, Philadelphia Eagles, which thankfully we don't have to deal with the Eagles logo facing left on the left side and like facing away from you know the graphics in the middle of the screen. Uh, that has bothered me uh, for a long time in a lot of ways. That isn't uh, super obvious. Uh, but that being the case, uh, Danny, I'll start with you. How much will it suck? if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, which they're 60 minutes away from doing. And if they were to do so, Danny, it's worth saying what the narrative would be. Their two Super Bowl wins would have come against the GOAT in one of his finest hours, in Tom Brady, obviously, and against the modern GOAT, to use Tom's word a moment ago, in Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, their former coach. I mean, it, it would be 
I mean, in, in a season, they, they, this has been the Madden season for the Eagles. All of their players are dominating, all pros, all, you know, Pro Bowls. All right, they, they, all right, they have stop, every RJ. single thing. So, like, how much will that suck? Like, contextualize it for me. Oh, it, I, the words cannot describe the level of suckiness that it would we would be subjected to for this. Um, you know, I try to be a grown-up when I answer these questions and, you know, and talk about how the Eagles, you know, they they have a good team and they've done a lot of, a lot of things right. And, you know, if it was a regular team, I would be very proud of them. And, you know, and, you know, I would give them their, their props, but I just hate that team so much and I hate their coach so much. And I just, honestly, you know, people will credit them for the, the way they just flip their, you know, their, they their should, team. They, they deserve and, that credit and, and they deserve it. Absolutely. But it's, it's not the way I would like to like to run my life and like to run, do things, even though, you know, people love the results, but you know, I, I like the journey sometimes too. I like going about things the right way. And so I, I'm not envious of the, the Eagles process at all. The, the results, fine. Process, no. There's nothing about that team that I like. I I think their fans are mean. Um, I don't really, I just, I don't know what, uh, I, I, it, it's the highest, you know what, before coming on here, you know, the, the Kellen Moore, my favorite coach is, is moving on. The Eagles are advancing. And I stepped in cat vomit too. I mean, this, this has just been, <laughs> A terrible. I didn't know the I mean, catnip thing was going to be so sensitive for you. I, well, no, I think my <laughs> my granddaughter fed my cat some chicken nuggets that she shouldn't have, and now it's like so. Anyway, that's how I would contextualize it. It's like that's it's like stepping in cat vomit. Daniel, uh, are you okay? I feel like you need a hug. I just no, feel like you know what? Had a day. That, that that was a tough question. I just uh, and then to bring the eagles in this, it's like I don't know what RJ is trying to do. To what is the know. cat's name, Danny? The the cat. It's Octavia from some show. My daughter likes i don't know the 100s uh okay i mean you know i we'll all hug after this to jess's point like a, i'm gonna, a big old, I'm gonna need a big one. Old, like 90s sitcom group hug you know what i mean where we like you know friends on three uh we'll we'll do that um in a little bit um <laughs> vance is sending hugs your way danny you've you've uh ignited the the emotions and the, the thoughtfulness of the crowd uh aj said damn danny uh damn daniel i don't know if that's actually your legal name danny um that is the the meme from like whatever it was 2015 uh, do you own white vans danny i guess while we're on the assumption <laughs> i mean that's uh uh whatever i don't know if that reference is lost on on you it seems like it might be um okay um jess how much will it suck if the, we have we have to reckon with this truth like danny can hate the question but again we're two weeks away from that being a potential reality that we have to live in all right. Um, I'm on the opposite end of Danny in, in that I'm going to see my glass half full in what's happened recently, given we got a new Taylor Swift music video. Dan Quinn is acquired. Sorry, Danny. Kellen Moore is out. I'm good with what's happened this offseason. However, if the Eagles do win, the only thing that I can say would be a benefit is that it kind of lights a fire under the Cowboys' butts to really, really get it together and say they're not settling for a loss against this team next season because they cannot afford that kind of embarrassment. And that's exactly what it would be. Um, it Every game after that would be a prove-it game. And that's really the only benefit I see of it. Other than that, if the Eagles win, this Super Bowl didn't exist to me. Never happened. Never saw it. Don't know what you're talking about. Rihanna had a concert. That's really cool. Other than that, don't know what you're talking about. If the Eagles win, it didn't happen. For me, I'm going to I'm gonna live in blissful ignorance about it. Do you know who performed at halftime of their other Super Bowl victory, Jess? No, not off the top of my head. It was, was it Justin, Shakira? It was no, that was uh, that was the Chiefs uh, win. It was um, it was Justin Timberlake. And I remember he had that moment where he took the selfie with the kid, and that was like a big oh. old thing. Like when, when when he went up into the crowd, um, I was a little bit disappointed. Like I love the Super Bowl halftime show, and JT such like a great you know kind of like you know. Front I'm man not a stuff. JT fan, so I'm just gonna say it would make sense that the Eagles would win the Super Bowl with the JT halftime performance. Um, Rihanna, mm. I'm a I'm a big Rihanna fan, so. Really, at this point, watching for the commercials and the halftime show because, man, I don't uh, want to see the Eagles win this one. I, I don't want to see it. It will make the offseason feel 10 times longer, and I don't want to go through that again. The Eagles fans on Twitter are already starting. I don't want to deal with them, RJ. I can't deal with them already. It's too much. 
I will say as a Houston Astros fan, when we won the World Series a few months ago, I was like, well, last time this happened, like, and I'm king of the last time stuff. Um, I, I would I would feel a little bit guilty. I'd feel like at what cost did I root for my Astros to win the World Series again? And then I would feel really guilty if I rooted for it in the future and if they were to you know win it again in, like in the future, like wonder, like, am I part of the problem here? Uh, Tom, Alex offers a super chat. Thank you, Alex, uh, and says if Philly wins, it goes to prove that we need a better quarterback. I don't want to stick on the quarterback thing, um, Tom, but it does kind of prove Jess's point. I mean, it is such a copycat league. We do generally see the teams that have success that win the Super Bowl teams try to model themselves after that. For that team to be in Dallas's own division, I, I do think there is an argument that, that that would be embarrassing enough for the Cowboys to say, okay, we finally have to, you know, get off the proverbial pod and, and get active in free agency. The Brandon Carr thing was 11 years ago now. Yeah, it, 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 is, it is embarrassing. Uh, and I'm sure the Eagles will really be beating their chest about going through Daniel Jones, Brock, Purdy, Josh Johnson, and a one-legged Patrick Mahomes if they get the Super Bowl victory. Uh, you know, uh, luck is such a huge factor in the NFL. And the Eagles got handed such a heaping ton of luck today. Even their strength of schedule all season long, just to add to your point, Tom, was not exactly, you know, intimidating. Mm-hmm. I mean, and some of that is the NFC Eastness and, and you know, the divisions that, that our division played. I mean, and Dallas had those opportunities too. I mean, so so let's, you know, be fair in every sense. But, mm-hmm. yeah, they got to play the, the, the AFC South. I mean, it was kind of a rough and tough year uh, for teams playing the NFC, uh, the NFC East specifically. Yeah, if, if, if Mahomes was healthy, I don't think this would be a very close game coming up. Uh, so we'll have to see how Mahomes recovers. And the Chiefs had a lot of injuries during the game, so I hope they all get a whole lot better because, as I said on Twitter, for the next two weeks, we are all Kansas City Chiefs fans. Um, Danny, um, I want to ask you each another Eagles question, so I'm sorry. Um, you can pass if you'd like. Um, but Vance says, you would think 30 years of no NFC title game would be motivation for the Joneses. Danny, I hate to say this, Okay. And I tweeted this. I do think that relative to the division, you could even argue relative to the conference, the Eagles are the modern day standard. Since the Cowboys have last been to a title game or appeared in one or won one, whatever, they're all the same, obviously, 1995. The Eagles have been to seven title games. They've been to three Super Bowls now. They've obviously won a Super Bowl. And again, it was a very impressive effort with Nick Foles and all the stuff, Philly special, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we have become the little brother. Danny, it, it, like, rel- if, if you look from 2000 on, the Cowboys are the little brother. And that's a very bitter pill thing, you know, bitter pill to swallow. But I think it's 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 objectively fair. And that bums me out, too. So do you have, is there a question? Is that, is that, is that true? I guess I'm, I'm looking for, for a rebuttal. No. I'm, I'm looking for you to disprove my point to be very clear. I'm going to channel my inner Mike McCarthy and say, we're nobody's brother. You know, <laughs> no, I, no, you know what? The Eagles kudos to them for their success and it's fabulous what they've done and everything. But I'll tell you what, I don't want, I'm fearful that the Cowboys would try to shake things. I know fans want to do it. They want to shake things up. Uh, but I, I don't know if we want the Joneses to be doing things like that. The one thing that the Cowboys do well, in my opinion, is the way they do build their roster. So if we got bad coaches, you know, and Dak's not playing well and all these, we got receivers that can't separate, whatever. If those are the issues, then to fix them. But I don't think we should need to be trying to blow things up. And, you know, and I asked this question last year, too, when everybody was just really dumping on the Cowboys offseason. It's like, what move would you have wanted them to make? And And it was crickets. It's like. You know, well, people not say, trade Amari Cooper. That was the move. Okay, trade tra- not trade Amari Cooper will be the answer this year, I suppose. And um, but honestly, you know, I don't really think that you know that we're not missing out on like the Von Millers and stuff. I think I think the Cowboys are fine in that department. I just think that well, they we, we just have to have our quarterback play better and when it counts. And I think that's all. And, and Dak's a great quarterback. And I don't want to be like you know we need to find a solution for for Dak. Dak's a great quarterback. But Dak's gonna have he's gonna need to play better when it counts, and I don't think that there's all this other over, overhaul stuff is, is is necessary. There's a lot of good things that this team does, and I don't think we should just start shaking things up just just because we're getting frustrated. You know, McCarthy three years in, still we haven't passed divisional round, so what's going on? Let's just do something different. I don't think we want to do that. So to me, it's like I don't know. You know, it's I, I don't I don't want, want us to overreact. That's where you get yourself in trouble, Jessica. 
Is that, I think, is it even trouble, Jessica? I don't know that. That's, I'm just, that's so weird. I don't think you've ever called me that. Are you, are, you in, are, you in, are you in trouble? I, really I know. Don't, I, that's how it felt. I didn't know. Oh I'm my trying, goodness. Call me Daniel. Call me Daniel. I mean, you know. Like, what, wow. Um, my mom calls me that when she's mad. So, yeah, I feel a little, I feel a little upset now. But, no, what I was going to say is I'm going to agree with Danny here because I don't think the Cowboys are anybody's little brothers. I think the problem and the difference, the main difference, because you even look at the, the Eagles season compared to the Cowboys season, almost similar in a way. They lost their starting quarterback. They made it through with their Minshew magic that kept them in the season, kept them uh, going for that number one seed. The Cowboys lose Dak Prescott and, you know, different timing, but Cooper Rush kept them in. The only difference is the inconsistency that this team had compared to the Eagles. The Eagles just executed when it mattered. So it's not like there's that much of a difference here. It's just the difference is the execution and the inability to be consistent with your execution. And so when that is nailed down, you're talking a lot more of a competitive season with the Eagles and the Cowboys. And then you add, you know, maybe even the, the no help giants into the mix. Sure. We can, we can add them in eventually uh, commanders. They don't, they don't get to be part of this conversation, but um, no, I, I don't think it's anybody's little brother or, or what have you. It's nobody's under dog it's nothing like that it's this season it came down to the Cowboys not executing when it mattered and not following through the Eagles have done that and that's why they are where they are and mm. that's that's the that to me that's the tough pill to swallow um our 49ers friend Lax Lifter says two things I do not get about Texas obsession with H-E-B-M-M um Danny I don't know that you've ever had H-E-B or been to H-E-B I mean I guess not um in your life um but i think tom and jess uh and i certainly would swear that it should be is the most superior grocery store that there is not a sponsor um of ours just we're, we're texas loyalists is that not fair to say tom uh yeah it's 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 a great chain uh <laughs> they can teach a lot of grocery stores how to how to do it um you know, uh, lax lifters. I, I didn't anticipate on this direction, but it is kind of a weird roundtable. Says I've never been to HEB. It is all I hear about from those who live in Texas. The Cowboys <laughs> need to make changes. So much money in Dallas, and Cowboys need more. Uh, Howard Edward Butt um, is what that stands for. Lax lifters. If you, um, mm -hmm. I guess, wanted to yes. HEB lesson. It's it's, um, it's HEB and Whataburger. If you you live in Texas, those are kind of the two touchstones, and you drink Dr Pepper. So that's just how it goes. And you your barbecue is beef. It ain't pork. So um, I will say I'm not a big Dr. Pepper guy, um, but I'm not like a big fan of Waco in general. So like, I'm right. cool with it. I mean, it's cool. Um, you know, whatever. Uh, Astro Joe says that H-E-B is the Bucky's of grocery. Also, a, you know, an important statement. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, Danny. Um, Danny, we'll get you down to the Lone Star State and, you know, kind of put you through the, the rite of passage. So Just tell cool. me what aisle is the cleaner for to clean up cat vomit. That's right. Um, okay. Um, I think it's aisle 24. Um, yes or no, Tom, is Jalen Hurts better than Dak Prescott? Now, to be very clear, no, but none of us can win the argument, even if you say no, you can't, we can't win that argument online for until Dak Prescott does something that this franchise hasn't done in a very long time. That the argument is lost. So it's just, do you believe it in your heart? Are you willing to kind of fight the, the internet on this, Tom? Who, who's the better quarterback in your mind? The better quarterback is Dak Prescott. Jalen Hurts is a heck of a running back. Does anybody does anybody think that, that Jalen is the superior player? I think I'll like all I'll give him is he's the better player in 2022. I'll give him that. That's totally but, fair. I mean, but that's as far as it goes. Kevin I'll offers him, Yeah, look, I'll give him that he's better with the RPO because the play calling that is being done in Philadelphia is working for their quarterback. Couldn't say the same for the Cowboys this season and Jack Prescott and Kellen Moore. So mm. okay. Um one last thing each of you can offer. I told these guys it would be 30 minutes and we're here at the 55 minute mark. And so they're all troopers. So they all win the round table. So that being said, um, Jess, you get to go first and then you get to pick who goes second. Each of you can say anything you want, whatever it could be Cowboys related or HUB related or whatever you want at this point. I just want to say, I know this is a very long off season and it's so easy to sit there and, and watch this Super Bowl and be like, oh, if the Cowboys were there, if the Cowboys were there, you're going to be miserable if you do that. The Cowboys are not there. Trust me, I'm right there with you. I wish they were. But just try to watch the game and not compare it to the Cowboys. I know it's so hard, guys. I do I do it all the time. But dang, some of y'all are toxic on Twitter. And that mute button is becoming my favorite feature. So chill, please. But all that to say, uh, yeah, I'm glad to be here with you guys on this lovely Sunday night, and uh, it's been fun. And H-E-B is a great store, so yeah, um, you can go to H-E-B if you haven't been. 
Tom, Danny, I know you both have to go, but that one's hard to beat. And I just want to offer my two cents quickly. I am. I'm not above admitting that in the past I've been, you know, doom and gloom and I've, I've, you know, sort of felt like, oh, the Cowboys suck. I mean, like if anybody follows me on Twitter, I think that again, I'll cell phone in that sense. I don't know if I've matured. Uh, my son is over a year old than us. Like maybe I'm just like deeper into fatherhood and like, that's what it is. But like, we don't have to do this thing that Jess is talking about. Like, you know, and any, any turn, any blow of the wind be like, the Cowboys are idiots. The Cowboys are stupid. Like it doesn't all mean that there are mistakes that they made, but like to act like like we live in some reality where they are just that's why I asked like what is the elite thing I would offer there are multiple elite things associated with this team but to your point Jess they weren't elite or efficient or consistent when it counted so yeah we don't have to like take every opportunity as as like this prime stage to dunk on them um those are my two cents uh, uh you get to pick who goes next uh Tom what do you have for us I just wanted to to, to chime in on the fact that yeah can't we we cheer for the players to do better, to, to have peak performances, to be exciting for, for them to go out and get some new talent. This is the time of year when you can look for good things. You can hope for good things. Now we'll see some disappointments. I'm sure free agency is coming up. That's almost always guaranteed, guaranteed to be the disappointment for the Cowboys. But to me, this is kind of like, the season's over. I've gotten to take a breath. Now there's a lot to look forward to, you know, and, you know, just about the time I was sitting around today thinking, well, what are we going to write about? Ooh, we got a topic that's going to keep us going for a minute now. And so now all I've got to worry about is the snacks I'm going to be picking up at the grocery store this week so I can have them while I'm not watching the Pro Bowl yet again. Uh, the Pro Bowl skills challenge, to be very clear, Tom, um, the commercialization behind that has been very, very, very obvious. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, by the way, I think that Mrs. McAllister said the season of perpetual hope is actually Christmas, not the off season. But, um, you know, whatever. Uh, Danny, you're up. Yeah, I just want to, you know, reiterate what uh, my, you know, fellow guests have said tonight. And, I, and, to, and to, you, you know, want to keep things positive. And there's a lot of things to be excited about, you know, covering this team. Um, I'm, I personally really enjoy the offseason. And while it was really sad to hear the news of Kellen, I can't help thinking about, well, what's the Cowboys going to look like next year? Who are we going to get? There's just a lot of possibility. You know, we're going to have another draft and, you know, just kind of add some more young players to this team. Um, you know, it's the time where you get excited for players like Terrence Still, who, you know, are up and coming. You know, the Cowboys have a lot of those type of players. So there's always reason you know, to, to be excited. And um, I think a lot of fans, you know, we get attached to the, those emotions that come with how our season ends. And, you know, that's, that sucks. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's a fun ride. And I just hope people are taking time to enjoy the ride because, you know, it's a good time. Mm. Um, my one thing, since none of you asked, um, was, you know, the Chiefs kind of owe us. Um, Tom, you mentioned this establishment, but we let Kansas City have Whataburger. I know that was like a Patrick Mahomes sort of thing, um, but we we let them have it. All right. I know there's some in Arkansas and Florida and like along the Southeast, you know, areas. Uh, but this this one, like you owe us, Chiefs. All right. We improved your life significantly here. So please keep the Eagles at bay. We don't want to have to deal with this. These next two weeks are going to be long enough. Um, so, um, oh, Kevin did ask, what's my one thing? Uh, so I appreciate Kevin. I don't appreciate any of you. Uh, also, I changed my mind uh, about having a roundtable winner. I know I said it would be um, all of you, but again, that's not going to be the case. Tonight's roundtable winner, Octavia the Cat. Um, obviously a tough night. Um, you know, hope <laughs> hoping Octavia is nice and healthy. Uh, Danny, um, you know, I, I, I mean, I want your cat to to feel better obviously um if, if there was a throw-up sort of situation um you know that's not a good thing uh so um where the chick where were the chicken nuggets from again while we're on the subject of giving you know advertisements to non-sponsors it was from mcdonald's <laughs> okay. uh well you know they're good so when we go to bed tonight we can uh, all just picture octavia the cat throwing what up color is she danny what color is her, her fur she is calico she's got all kinds of colors and she's really old she wasn't even our cat my wife found her under the shed and just like She's became our cat, but I think, I think her time is getting growing near. Danny, um, what the hell? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> well, um, hey, really you brought you brought her up. I really you know, like to need a hug. At least um, she's she's the winner of the round table, you know. That's, uh, that's had, a good way. And for our next episode of Depression <laughs> with Danny, please do that um, next week. Danny, she has nine lives. Um, so, so I don't know about that. Wow, um, that was tough. Uh, 
tough way to land this plane after that. Um, I don't. I have nothing. Uh, nothing to say. My dog's asleep on the couch. It's I, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Um, okay. Uh, Loco says Octavia's allergic to chicken. Way to go, man. I don't know. It might be something to do with the like fried part of the the nugget. Would be my could be there. yeah. Um, Kevin though says you always keep it real, Danny. So um, oh, DJ that. Dog notes that their cat's name is Nutella. That's a really good <laughs> name for a cat. Um, so which is what you know my. My granddaughter's favorite food are chicken nuggets and chocolate bread with Nutella. So, you know, Octavia might be getting some of that later, too. You never know. Uh, Jess, you've picked up some uh, nice compliments here. Uh, Cassie, I don't know if this is a friend of yours, says Diego Jess, LOL. So, Thank you, Cassie. Uh, Thank uh, you. And Carlos says Jess Navarez is our queen. That is all, LOL. Very nice. Uh, Thank you. Wow. Uh, you know, uh, but Danny, I just want to say, if you ever want to uh, babysit a, a puppy who is extremely crazy and you want your hands full, I will send wit your way. You can have him and you can get all that excitement out. It's, it's a lot. I appreciate that. I, I love puppies. <laughs> hey, even, I, got, I, even, I want some, I want some love for my two dogs that are sleeping on the couch over here to my left. You've never told us their names, Tom. I think that's I, I know I have the two over here. Do you want to not dox them? Like, I want to be careful here. Like, um, no, that's, they're cool. They're cool. I, I mean, <laughs> they adopted me. They showed up last summer and said, we're living here whether you want us to or not. And they're Persephone and Sirius, and they're uh, they're my two dogs that have just recently adopted, and they got their names because it goes with my first dog, Odysseus, who's asleep in the bedroom. Okay, I don't know if it was like a serious black sort of situation. Uh, he was a dog too, um, in you know, in a in a figurative sense. Uh, so, I guess that reference was lost. This really went all over the place. Uh, so, um, yeah, wow! Uh, shout out to Great. love that. Um, all animals um, win the round table, I guess, is, is kind of the, the best way, uh, especially. I, I didn't mention Toby. He's he's asleep over here. I didn't mention Toby, but yeah, um, he doesn't do much. Wow. Okay. Uh, one piece of life advice for Kellen Moore from each of you. Tom, you first. Uh, grow a beard so you don't look so young. Dude. Wow. Okay. Uh, Danny Phantom, please up this in kindness. Uh, go easy when you on the Cowboys when you play them next season. Wow, that was also negative in a different way. Uh, Jess Navarre's uh, one piece of life advice for Kellen Moore. Um, I I wish you the best, and I hope <laughs> you do what makes you happy. Uh, yeah. Mine would be hags. Have a good summer. Um, okay, uh, thanks for hanging out, everybody. Uh, go Chiefs. We'll see you next time.